0: is David, back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 155, and um, if you didn't hear the last episode, at the end of the uh, of the episode when the final song was done, I had an important message, and that was that this episode, number 155, is going to be the final episode. Um uh, been doing this thing for seven years now, a little over seven years, and it's finally come to a close. So I'm gonna do a theme to kind of uh, match that as well. Probably pretty uh, expected, I would say. But the theme here is gonna be um, kind of a farewell. All the songs have something to do with either um, coming to the end of a of a journey or just some sort of a a wishing farewell to you know the listener basically. So, <clears throat> not really a lot of underground stuff going on with this one. These are all bands that you will have heard uh, heard of plenty of times, and uh, so there's no like big surprises here. But, um, I think this is a damn good uh, list of tunes here, so pretty good way to send things off. So, should be fairly long, I would say, but not, nothing outrageous here. So, let's go ahead and kick things off out of Bergen, Norway. A band that's been going since 94 that was initially formed as almost kind of a supergroup of sorts and that's Borknagar and I'm going to play probably one of their most famous tunes uh, that they have in their entire discography and it's off of a record called The Archaic Course which came out in 1998 through Century Media Records and it's uh, album number 3 of 11 I believe they're up to now and this was the first to feature Simon or Vortex, or whatever you want to call him, on uh, vocals. And uh, he had some big shoes to fill, you know, taking Garm's place, uh, who was on the first couple of records, but uh, does an excellent job, and uh, really kind of uh, established himself as a a very um, high-quality, clean vocalist as well. Of course, he was already kind of doing work with uh, Arcturus at this time, and then I think after this album came out, uh, more people kind of took notice of his... His abilities, I would say. So here we go off of 1998's The Archaic Course. This is Borknagar with Oceans Rise. Alright, there we go. That is Borknagar with Ocean's Rise. Um, I just liked the final, you know, line of lyrics in that song, which is like, it's the dawn of a new era. Uh, so I thought that was a, a nice nice line for that one. Alright, we're going to Stockholm, Sweden here. This is one of the, uh, the titans of that Swedish death metal scene from back in the day. Uh, initially formed in 88 and went until 2011, and then uh, surprised everybody in 2019 when they announced that they were uh, not only reactivating, but uh, with all the original guys back. Because by the end of things in 2011, there were a couple of uh, original members that were not there anymore. So the band is Dismember, and they're working on a new record. And they've said they're taking their sweet time with it, because they want to make it perfect. And I am all about it. I'm I'm ready for some new Dismember. And uh, it's excellent that all the original guys are back. Um, so I'm going to play something off of... Um, what I think is really my first Dismember record, if I remember right. The first one I heard, because it was pretty new at the time. It's called Where Iron Crosses Grow, and that came out in March of 2004. And uh, that was album number six out of eight uh, is is where they are right now. Of course, they're working on number nine. But that came out through Carmageddon. And excellent record. Um, love the guitar work on this. I've One thing I've always liked about Dismember is that they're not afraid to throw kind of harmonized melodies in there because to me i can hear some really clear uh, iron maiden influence on a lot of their stuff uh, like you can definitely hear what bands inspired them as young musicians back in the day but they still sound very very identifiable as dismembered for sure um, all the stockholm swedish bands kind of have that similar style but they all kind of are individually like identifiable as well Um, So I can always tell the difference between, you know, Dismember and Entombed and stuff like that. They just kind of have their own way of doing it. But this record, I heard it back in high school and really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I know I've mentioned it before, but I was fortunate enough to see them live in Oslo in 2006. And it was still probably the the craziest uh, live performance I've ever seen in terms of crowd participation and just the whole... The whole damn place just turning into a big circle pit, and just you had you had no choice but to get thrown around and hit and knocked around <laughs> the entire performance, and it was awesome. So, here we go off of 2004's "Where Iron Crosses Grow." This is "Dismember" with "As the Coins Upon Your Eyes." there we go that is dismember with as the coins upon your eyes off of uh, where iron crosses grow I love that record I still go back to that one probably the most out of all their stuff um, but I've got some of these couple of the oldies on uh, on vinyl that I do listen to from time to time as well all right we're going to telemark Norway and this is Emperor and uh, of course they existed initially from 91 to 01 And then uh, they kind of reformed in 2006 for the Inferno Festival, and they've kind of remained active ever since. You know, there's just kind of varying degrees of activity from them, but it's always just kind of there where if they get an offer for a festival to celebrate the anniversary of one of the albums or something like that, they'll just kind of regroup and rehearse and play a few festivals that year, you know. So it's kind of cool that they're still kind of doing their thing. Uh, I was able to see them when was that, June of this year? Uh, I mean, I've seen them before. That was the whole reason I went to Norway in 2006, was because that was their big first performance after reforming, and I thought truly that it was just going to be for those couple of festivals that year, and and then they'd go back uh, to sleep again. (laughs) But they've been active ever since, Uh, so yeah, I was fortunate enough to see them again this year, and it was an excellent show. Um, So I'm going to play something off of their final record, called Prometheus, The Discipline of Fire and Demise, and that came out in 2001 through Candlelight Records, and that was album number four. Definitely uh, one of those bands that did not overstay their welcome. They just put out a few records, and they made the most of it. They made them as impactful as possible. And uh, they've said, you know, before, that they're not really keen on making new music because they don't really even know where they would take it. Like, it wouldn't make sense to go and, and make a record that sounds like emperor from the mid 90s or anything because they've always been about kind of evolving their sound and um by the time prometheus came out they had evolved that sound pretty far from where it was in 91 you know so i kind of agree i don't know where they would even take it uh, musically for a fifth album and i think it's uh, just a recipe for disaster in terms of it's never going to live up to the expectations of, you know, first album in twenty-something years, like, people are going to expect absolute perfection or they're just going to tear it to pieces. So I think it's wise to not do another album, but this one's a pretty good swan song, so I'm actually going to play the final song off of this album, it's a very fitting title and fitting lyrics and all that, so here we go, off of 2001's Prometheus, this is Emperor with Thorns on My Grave. we go. That is Emperor with Thorns on My Grave. Great song, and I always thought that was a really strong finish to that album. Um, all right, we're going to the USA. A little bit of self-service here uh, out of Texas. It's my band, Um, uh, Been going since 04, which is just funny to say out loud every time. Um, started as full-blown, just bedroom black metal. And uh, really didn't have much plan for the future when I started it. And um, after the first demo, then there was a little kind of EP thing I did, um, and then recorded the full length debut, The Leviathan Crown, in uh, 2010, like early 2010. And recorded all that myself at home at my parents' house. and then, uh, But I've never been able to sing that way. So I had my friend Chris doing vocals on all of that early stuff. And he did vocals on uh, that full length. But even then, he really kind of had moved on from <laughs> involvement, you know. He kind of wasn't really uh, focused on it at all. He He was always kind of just waiting for me to tell him what needed to be done. And then he would step up and do it. And then it would just go right back to on my shoulders again for writing more music and stuff so I think he wrote lyrics for two of the songs on the debut and I handled all the music and then all the rest of the lyrics but he did a good job on that one but um but yeah the albums that came after uh were just kind of an evolution and things started getting better and a little more original and then um by the time we turned it into a full band that was like early 20 13 or late 2012 I think it was probably by 2013 at that point that we had said hey let's let's do this and it's been great ever since but we did hit this weird patch um, we were you know doing the full band thing and we had put out a couple of albums a- as a as a full group and then um, in 2016 and then 2017 things started to kind of unravel a bit you know, um, one of our guitar players had had left and and moved to Colorado, and yeah, we were just kind of sitting there of of you know I guess it's just me and you now It's me and Justin and we were gonna kind of do the whole Dark Throne thing basically of like yeah hey, it'll just be the two of us and we'll just make records and and keep going as long as we've got ideas let's record them and and keep going so. We started writing, um, and then very quickly I had said to Justin, like, man, I'm trying to write other stuff, but all I seem to be able to write recently is really doomy stuff. And he said, me too, funny enough. So we just kind of said fuck it and said we were going to make this album kind of our super dark, doomy album and just really not um, try much to adhere to any prior you know sound that we had established like let's just write what comes out and if this is what we're writing then we're gonna make it you know sound however we want it to sound so we kind of joke that this album is our our sane anger because it was just like this thing we had to just get out of our system and, and record it and then uh, and then move on from there so but i actually really like this record some of these songs are too long there's a few instances where we should have absolutely faded a song down and we didn't we just kept the outro going for way too long stuff like that. There's things I would change if we can go back now, but there's some really awesome uh, riffs, big sounding production, like the toms especially just sound pretty huge. But um, this one, very, very expected for me to pick this song off of this album. So here we go, I'll Quit Talking, off of our fifth album, Leave No Path to Follow, which came out in 2018. This is Krigsgrove with The End. (laughs) We go that was Krigsgrave with the end um, that was one of my favorite ones off of that record um, yeah that record was mixed and mastered by Jason Walton of, uh, of Agalock, who I'm not even sure if that's kind of still a thing that he does for work or on the side if he still records like other bands or just his own bands I don't even know but he uh, had advertised that he was looking for projects basically and we inquired about his rates and they were pretty manageable for i mean it was just a two piece at that point me and justin so we couldn't do anything crazy expensive uh we weren't on a label at that point so we didn't have any support there so we had to be uh, smart with our money and uh we were pretty pretty uh, jazzed about the fact that we could work with uh, jason walton and not break the bank at the same time and he did an awesome job it's a very big sounding record um we did eventually get a very small physical release. Like, we pretty much just put it out on our Bandcamp page and then did a very small physical release uh, through a Russian label and distro called Narcoleptica. And a very nice uh, man out there, Andre, uh, who assisted us in, in getting some Digipacks made and all that. So, uh, you know, much thanks to him. Um, okay, let's go to... Uh, oh, by the way, on that record... There's been a few like reviews of it out there which is kind of funny because we didn't really send it anywhere but somehow or another people would just hear it and review it Uh, and they complained about how um, just plain Jane the drumming was on that album and it made me laugh because that was like completely intentional. (laughs) That was the whole point was it was just such a bleak, dark album that I just, I didn't want to do a bunch of flashy stuff. I don't really do flashy stuff anyways but I wanted to keep it you know, very bare bones and uh, and just straightforward through the entire record. Because I always remember hearing Fenris from Dark Throne talking about taking that approach with the uh, Ravishing Grimness album, and I love that record. And uh, But he said that he made a point to just keep it as straightforward as possible because he just felt like it suited the music, so I never forgot that. So in this case, I felt like it absolutely suited the music and the mood of the whole record to just keep the drumming very, very minimalistic, so, but people were disappointed, I guess, in my performance, (laughs) but they didn't get it, man. All right, let's keep this rolling. We're going to Germany here. This band's been going since 87, and I love them, and it is Blind Guardian, and been listening to them since, gosh, freshman year of high school, I want to say, and, um, yeah, just it all stemmed from uh, Iced Earth. So started getting into Iced Earth, um, and then noticing in the booklets of their albums, you know, they would thank uh, the guys from Blind Guardian and thank the guys from Jag Panzer and stuff like that. So that's how uh, myself and my friend Chris discovered uh, those two bands was just based on seeing them mentioned in the Iced Earth booklets. So uh, love Blind Guardian. Not only is the music fantastic and the guitar work fantastic but Hansi's voice very unique very identifiable Uh, he's very talented guy but I just I'm a sucker for bands that have singers that there's no way you could mistake them for any other singer you know Uh, that's why Matt Barlow was the best singer in Iced Earth is because he just had this unique voice and you knew exactly what band you were listening to once you heard him singing Uh, or Alan from Primordial foreshadowing um but anyways, I'm going to play something off of uh the first Blind Guardian album I ever bought and it remains my favorite one to this day. Um it's they still kind of had some speed metal roots in there for sure and but they were this is the album when they were starting to to evolve and get more, you know, bombastic and big with some of their their songs and really branching out uh with some different elements. And that is Imaginations from the Other Side, and uh, that came out in April of 95 through Virgin Records, and that was album number five. They're up to 11 now, and the last couple in particular have been uh, very strong. Um, Yeah, this one and Nightfall and Middle Earth are still kind of the sweet spot for me, because that's when I was really heavily getting into them. Uh, But this album is just perfection to me. Uh, it's It's the best one for sure. So here we go, off of 1995's Imaginations from the Other Side. This is Blind Guardian with... And the story ends. (laughs) ¶¶ That is Blind Guardian from Germany with And The Story Ends. Um, I'm gonna have to listen to that record start to finish again sometime soon, because I'm in the mood for it now after that. Uh, alright. Foreshadowing, as I said. We're going to Ireland here. It's Primordial. They've been around since 92. And currently a four-piece, which was kind of weird to find out recently, because they, of course, put out their new album, um, which is called, what was it called? How It Ends? Is that the, yeah. But, um, but one of the guitar players left. And he didn't play on the album. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, what? You know, like, Kieran is still there. And he played all the guitars on the new record. But Michael uh, O'Flynn, um, who's been there since... I mean, when did he join? 2002? Um, he evidently is gone. <laughs> so i don't know what made me uh figure that out um i I forget where i heard it i just i just happened to hear something in passing or see something maybe in an interview that just mentioned kieran doing all the guitars on the new album so i was like well that's weird you know uh did michael just not participate in the recording but he was there for the songwriting and stuff i have no idea but um i just saw that he's not there and then when you check on their metal archives page he's listed as a past uh, member so i was like huh so that's a bit weird because he wrote some of their best uh, most popular tunes on the last several records so that's that's a big loss for them in my opinion um i'm gonna play something off of my still my favorite primordial record and it's one that um I remember hearing it not long after it came out, and not quite getting it at first because the vocals were so different from what I was expecting and what I was used to at that point. But uh, once I kind of really uh, digested this album, uh, it became a favorite of mine, and it still is, and it's just a very powerful record, and that is The Gathering Wilderness. came out in February of 05 through Metal Blade, um, with whom they're still signed to this day and that was album number five out of ten they're up to now um but this one you know it didn't have the most uh, crisp and perfect production or anything like that but i think it actually kind of serves to the benefit of this album uh, having the production that it has it just feels more feels like uh, you're listening to just guys uh in a room playing music together to me at least um but there's some really powerful emotional songs on this record and um I could have very easily picked a song off of the new album, since the album's called How It Ends, but uh, I decided to go back to this one because it's still my favorite, so this is still a fitting tune for the theme. So here we go, off of The Gathering Wilderness, this is Primordial with End of All Times. primordial with end of all times off of the gathering wilderness um all right we're going back to stockholm sweden here but this is not one of the uh old death metal bands from back in the day although this band has been going since 91 it's catatonia and they're still going now uh they've got 13 records at this point i'm playing something i'm doing something a little different here so it's an older song but it i'm playing a live version of it that appeared on a much later release um The song is called Gone, and that came out uh, on the album Discouraged Ones from 1998, I want to say, 1998. Um, And it's a good song. Uh, That record's pretty good. It's definitely a departure from, you know, some previous stuff, but you could definitely see them evolving kind of towards that sound anyways. But um, I'm going to play a live version of it that was off of an album called Sanctitude that came out in March of 2015. And it's a live album from a tour they did that um, they were playing stripped down, like acoustic, not necessarily acoustic, but just more clean and mellow versions of older songs. Kind of like the, the Damnation album from Opeth. It's not an acoustic record, but there's acoustics on it and there's a lot of clean electric guitars on it and just different things. So yeah, it's it's just kind of their mellow tour that they did, um, and I love this this album. Um, the live versions, these mellow versions of these songs, are really well put together. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting percussion and stuff that they use on there, and bongos and all kinds of stuff on uh, on different songs here. But some of them almost don't sound don't even sound like the uh, original versions. They've changed them around. Uh, so much but they work really well and uh, so I go back to this live album fairly often but I do love this uh, this version of this song so yes here we go off of the 2015 live album Sanctitude this is Catatonia with Gone this is the song of the
1: album Discouraged Ones We've never played it live before this tour. This one is called GONE, hope you like it.
0: go that was catatonia with gone love that version of it um if you haven't checked out that record i highly recommend it cuz uh it's it's a nice change of pace and you hear songs that you of course recognize but hearing them kind of in a different way is kind of nice uh, all right we're going to the USA here out of Florida very classic florida death metal band uh it's obituary so they existed from 88 to 98 and then regrouped in 03, and I remember hearing about that when it happened. And, um, you know, I was kind of just starting to get into them, and I was very excited um, when they came back. And they've been pretty solid ever since they've come back. They've had a few albums that were good, but didn't really have a lot of staying power, you know what I mean? Ones that I listened to and I liked, and I just never went back to that much. Um, but they've been on a hot streak now for the last, like, three albums, and uh, they've been really really flying high they've got an excellent lead guitar player these days and uh, he really gets to flash his skills uh, on these newer records but i'm going to play something off of uh, what is still my favorite obituary record which is 1992's the end complete so that came out in april of 92 through rc records and that was album number three out of uh, 11 is uh, what they're up to now but uh it was you know, a tough task, I'm sure, to follow up uh, Cause of Death because that was an excellent record and it was really well received. Um, That kind of boosted them up into this, uh, you know, this different tier, I would say, of of death metal bands uh, that were going at the time. You know, Cause of Death was such a good record. So it was kind of a big task to follow it up and I think they did an excellent job. I love the songs on this record and I think that they are very unique it doesn't sound like a exact you know copy of uh cause of death all over again there's definitely some slight evolution to their songwriting here but the production was great and uh it really wasn't until the next album world demise that they started to kind of streamline the songwriting even more and make the production even cleaner and try to make it a little more uh not radio friendly but you know what I mean a little bit more commercially successful you know what I mean so this was still kind of had an underground feel to it but you can definitely tell that the seed was planted for them to be uh you know evolving and changing and just getting uh more more and more popular I would say so here we go I'm gonna go with the title track here so off of 1992's album of the same name this is obituary with the end complete There we go. That is Obituary with The End Complete from 1992. Love that record. Um, Alright, we're going to Germany here. For the most part, every band that I've played up to this point has been kind of a a bigger band. A band that most every metal fan has heard of. Maybe not my band, but you know what I mean. All the other ones. Um, But this one's a slightly more unknown. I guess I've played them before at least once on the podcast because I just... Love this band and love this record, and uh, the band is Cross Vault, and it's a five-piece Doom band um, from Germany that's been going since 2013. I didn't even realize it when I first got into them, uh, but then when I was kind of looking into who the members are, I saw that the vocalist is actually the same vocalist from the band Horn, who I also love, Um, so it all made sense to me listening to it now. I'm just like, well, of course it's that guy. uh, They have the same voice. How did I not notice this, you know? But this is an excellent doom band and I have not still haven't heard the uh, the debut I need to check that out but the second album's good this third album I think I like it the most for a couple of reasons because the songs are just better written um, which is expected as you move along in your career that you would get better at it so the songs are a little bit better written and I think since it's the first record of theirs I heard there's always going to be that little bit of you know uh, nostalgia I guess even though I just discovered it like a year and a half ago it's hard to call it nostalgic if it's that recent but um but yeah there's something to that like the the first record of a band that you hear and you really enjoy that tends to stick as like a favorite you know but this album is called As Strangers We Depart and that came out in May of 2021 through Iron Bonehead Productions and as I mentioned, this is album number three, so I need to go back and hear the debut so I can really get a full grasp of, uh, of the evolution of this band. But um, really well done, and if I remember correctly, it made it on my albums of the year list um, for 2021, and was I, I was very stoked on this album when i first heard it and uh, i still go back to it pretty often i've got it saved in my favorites on spotify so every once in a while i just go right back to it and still love it now so i'm going with the title track again i know i just did that with obituary but i'm doing the same thing here so here we go from germany this is cross vault with as strangers we depart There we go. That is Cross Vault from Germany with As Strangers We Depart. Um, that's such an excellent record, and if you haven't heard it, I, I can't recommend it enough. Really good record. Uh, Alright, a bit of a gamble here, because I'm following up Doom with Doom, but hear me out here. So, uh, we're going to the USA out of New York. This band existed from 1990 to 2010, and that is typo negative. And I love Typo Negative, of course that's kind of who the podcast is named for as well, you know, Blood and Fire, uh, that's the opening theme music and all that kind of stuff, but um, I I love Typo Negative, there's no real weak spot in the discography at all, Uh, of course there's some records that are better than others, but there's no no bad records in this entire discography. I'm playing something off of my favorite record, which is World Coming Down, and that came out in 1999 through Roadrunner Records, and that was album number 5 out of seven i'd say life is killing me is the one that i took the longest to come around on and now it's like one of my favorite ones of theirs but uh, world coming down is to me the best um they still kind of have the uh the gothic you know vibe that they had from bloody kisses and october rust is present here but it's everything's just slightly more um abrasive not necessarily aggressive you know but um there's just kind of this harshness to world coming down um mixed in there that just kind of makes it the most complete sounding album of theirs uh in my opinion but really great songs really great lyrics um and just the everything right down to the album cover you know just suits the music and the mood so perfectly and um yeah there's just no topping it for this one for me at least um so here we go this is uh probably a bit dramatic to use for this theme for this episode but whatever uh off of the album world coming down this is typo negative with everything dies (laughs)
2: I'm searching for something which can't be found, but I'm
1: home.
0: all right (laughs) there we go that's typo negative with everything dies excellent song excellent record and we're going back to norway here out of bergen this is one of my favorite bands ever honestly been going since 91 and that is enslaved and yes um i'm gonna play something off of the first enslaved album i ever bought which um i had heard the album below the lights and um enjoyed it but i didn't actually own it yet and then uh, whenever isa came out in 2004 i uh i bought that and really really enjoyed it and just kind of been a fan ever since honestly worked my way back from there into their older stuff and uh, of course that time in high school is when i was starting to get into black metal um just in in general so uh moving backwards in their discography and kind of hearing the the more harsh more black metal-focused uh, albums. You know, it's it suited my palate at the time. I, I, I definitely uh, ate it all up at the time. But uh, this album, very progressive, still sounded like Enslaved. Of course, progressive is kind of the name of the game for them uh, these days. They kind of continue to evolve. And I've said it before, but I don't know how they managed to simultaneously fuse together this kind of progressive almost spacey cosmic futuristic type vibe but still somehow tie it into the old world and the old ways and it just it's they, they do it so seamlessly i don't know how they do it um but it's outstanding and this song that i'm about to play is one that um almost immediately jumped out as a favorite of mine on the record and it's still one of my favorite enslaved songs in general uh, it's one that I practice all the time on drums. It's not particularly hard. It's just fun to play. And um, yeah, that's really all I got to say. That's all I have to say about that. Um, this was, came out in 2004. It's album number eight out of 16, I believe, is uh, the most recent one was number 16. And this came out through Taboo Recordings, which I remember when that was kind of a new label at the time. And I think it's defunct. I don't think it was a, a very... Uh, long-lasting label, but uh, I do remember seeing their logo on a few things around this time, mid-2000s there, so here we go, off of 2004's Issa, this is Enslaved with Return to Yggdrasil. That is enslaved with return to Yggdrasil. Um, great song and any time I've ever seen footage of them performing it live, it sounds outstanding. It's a it's a translates really well to the live stage. Um, all right, we're going back to Sweden here. This is a six piece doom band that's been going since ninety four, and I think they're excellent. It's Draconian and. I'm not always the biggest fan of the uh, kind of beauty and the beast thing of you know the the man doing really harsh vocals and the woman doing very beautiful vocals. It hasn't worked for a lot of bands that have tried it. Uh, my friend Chris was kind of the one that got me into Draconian because he loved all of that, and I think it was mainly because he just liked hot women, and they they all seemed to have some hot chick doing operatic vocals. So he was into all of it, you know. Um, any band that had a female vocalist uh, singing in it as well with you know extreme metal or whatever he just he was all about it but I was never the biggest fan of that style overall but Draconian was different to me I always liked the music uh, I thought the, I thought they were just excellent songwriters and um, that's always going to be better than some of these other bands that just kind of do it in a more trendy way your lacuna coils and things like that um, but I think they've. Draconian's one band that has improved with every single record. Every one that they put out has been a step up from the one before it. And the most recent record, Under a Godless Veil, that came out in 2020, um, is is excellent. It's damn near a masterpiece in my opinion. Um, because it's it's not overly gothy. It's they still will always have that gothic vibe, but it's not over the top. It's still very much just a heavy you know riff based doom band and the guitar work and the riffing is uh, is excellent and uh, i think i've said that the song off of this record called sorrow of sophia is one of the best songs i've ever heard as far as its construction and its execution and when they take little melodic breaks in the middle of the song and it kicks back in heavy and the way it comes to a close i think it's a damn near perfect song and uh, i played it before i'm not going to play it here i'm playing a different one but uh, i am going to play something off of that same record record as i said under a godless veil came out in october of 2020 through napalm records and that remains uh, their most recent one right now uh it's album number seven but they're working on a new one they've got their original female vocalist back uh lisa and she was gone for the last couple of albums but now she's back in so a lot of fans are kind of eager to hear her back on a record um but yeah this is an excellent record definitely the best in the discography so far And this is, uh, I can't remember if this is the final song or the second to last song, but it's towards the end of the album. But excellent tune here, and it uh, suits the theme as well, because the lyrics are basically about coming to the end of one journey and beginning another. You know, transcending into another place to start your next journey. So here we go, off of Under a Godless Veil, this is Draconian with Ascend Into Darkness. That was Draconian from Sweden with Ascend Into Darkness. And we're going to keep it in Sweden for the next one here. Uh, Four-piece. It's been going since 04. It's Tribulation. Really enjoy Tribulation. And uh, was fortunate enough to open for Tribulation once, uh, however many years ago that was. I don't know. Four? Four years ago? I don't know. But, um... (laughs) But no, they, they're going through some changes, man. And it's kind, it might be necessary because they've kind of hit this stride where, like, for three consecutive albums, they've, they've kind of sounded almost the same. They've been good records, but they haven't evolved much. And uh, they lost one of their guitar players who's just kind of doing... Um, I think owns a studio or does mixing and mastering and stuff like that. So it's kind of focused on that. Does... Um, um, Art as well. What's the word I'm looking for? Like graphic design, stuff like that. And is working on solo uh, solo music as well. And I can't remember his name either, but it's one of the you know primary songwriters uh, in Tribulation. So that was kind of a big loss for them. But they've got a new guitar player and they put out an EP that consisted of maybe one or two uh, original new songs and then a couple of covers. So, you know, things are still in motion, but uh, it might be a good thing that they've got a new uh, new blood in the band to kind of push their sound in a slightly different direction. Whether it turns out to be a better direction or worse or whatever remains to be seen, but uh, I think the time was right for a change, at least. Um, but I'm going to play something off of the most recent uh, Full Length, which was the last one to feature that, that guitar player who left. Um, it's called where the gloom becomes sound and that came out in january of 2021 through century media and that's their fifth album uh, so far didn't like the debut so much Um, second album is great and then everything since then has been has been really good as well Uh, they've just kind of found a formula that they're sticking to these days but Um, very catchy song structures of course Um, great guitar work drums are very simple and straightforward but very effective for kind of the sound that they're going for and um aesthetically they have a a cool look you know a cool vibe about the band altogether. but yes this one seems fitting and you'll see why the song i chose to play here and it kind of ties into the song that i'm going to play next as well so um you know since the podcast is coming to Coming to an end here, uh, what do you do with uh, things that die? You put them on the funeral pyre, right? So here we go, off of the album Where the Gloom Becomes Sound. This is Tribulation with Funeral Pyre. that was Tribulation from Sweden with Funeral Pyre Um, great record and like I said I'm eager to kind of see how their sound pivots uh, with the next one I'm sure they'll be fine Um, alright it is that time for me to announce the final song of the final episode so I of course want to thank everybody who's listened uh, over the last seven years Um, it's been fun to do I mean it really has been pretty fun to do and I know I took a pretty good uh, break there you know Early on I had started it in uh, in August of uh, 2016 and I think from January to June of 2017 I had uh, halted any episodes because that was when my son was going through some health problems and was in the hospital a couple times and stuff like that. So I just kind of put a hiatus on it. So um, I, I should have gotten through <laughs> probably closer to 200, you know, uh, episodes, or at least probably 170, is more realistic. But uh, but yeah, got to 155, and that's pretty cool, man. That uh, I've been able to do 155 of these things. And uh, as I said before, at the end of the last episode, I'm going to you know kind of shut everything down because uh, it's all hosted through Podbean, and that's who puts it on Spotify and who puts it on YouTube or wherever. Um, so once I close things down through Podbean, it, it won't be on Spotify anymore. Um, That's probably still going to be several weeks out, so enjoy them while you can on Spotify and Podbean and stuff like that. Um, I am downloading every single episode um, just as an mp3 version, and I plan on, even after everything is is shut down through Podbean, um, I plan on slowly but surely kind of uploading all of these episodes onto a YouTube channel, Um, so there won't be any new ones, but I plan on putting the old ones up there, um, so that people can, can listen to them anytime they so choose. And, yeah, that's the plan at least, so don't be too disappointed here that you're not going to have any more episodes to listen to, um, because, you know, you will. Um, I'll let you know. I'm going to keep the Facebook page going and, uh, and post, you know, once everything has been re-uploaded onto YouTube and, um... And then you guys can go from there pretty much. So thanks everybody for listening. It's been real. And um, don't know what my next thing is going to be. Just probably focusing on, on music. Krigs and other things. And um, I don't know. Just getting some of my... you Putting my time to... Not better use, but different use. Things that I should be doing that end up getting pushed to the side. Because I'm working on podcast notes and stuff like that. I need to... I need to shift my focus back. So let's go ahead and announce this thing. Out of Canada, Woods of Ypres. And they existed from o2 until uh, David Gold's passing uh, in 2010. This album was released a few months after his death uh, in early 20... Oh, no, I guess it was 2011 when he passed, and then this was released in early 2012. Um, I want to say he passed in... in maybe november or december of 2011 and this album came out um in february of 2012 and they've always kind of done the number system uh with their albums they always kind of have little subtitles and stuff but it would just be woods 2 and woods 3 and stuff like that uh so this is um their final album called woods 5 gray skies and electric lights and as i said came out in february of 2012 through earache records and um That was their fourth album, which was confusing, because you're like, well, it's called Woods 5. Why is it their fourth album? Well, it's because, like, their first EP in 2002 was kind of the thing that they considered to be, like, Woods 1, and then their debut full-length was Woods 2, you know. So it's a little off in that regard, but uh, this is kind of their fifth, like, proper release. Um, But it's great. Like, they kind of, by this point... Had kind of dropped um, any sort of like real black metal tinges that were there in the past, and it's just much more of a just kind of melodic, doom, just heavy album with super baritone vocals and uh, just a unique record and an excellent record. And uh, when people kind of pick their favorite albums from Woods, it's always um, seems to be, you know, like the Green Album, you know, Woods 4. Stuff like that. Like I don't hear this one picked as the favorite that often, but um, I don't really know anybody that dislikes this record either. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's great. I don't go back to it that often because it's kind of a heavy album, an emotionally heavy album. But um, but it's a good listen whenever I'm in the mood for it. You know. So this is a long song, um, but I'm playing the full the full thing, full version and it just seems fitting, uh, especially with, you know, Funeral Pyre from Tribulation being the song played right before it. Uh, What happens after something burns up in the Funeral Pyre? It turns into ashes, right? So here we go. I'm going to announce this final one one last time on the final episode. Thanks again, everybody. Here we go. Off of Woods 5, Gray Skies, and Electric Lights, this is Woods of Ypres with Kiss My Ashes Goodbye. Cheers.